One year ago today, Brianna Taylor was killed inside of her Louisville, Kentucky home during a botched police raid. She was 26 years old. Since her death, the WNBA committed its 2020 season inside the bubble of Bradenton, Florida, to social justice. The league worked on the Say Her Name campaign in conjunction with the African American Policy Forum to say Brianna Taylor's name and the name of the many other Black women who have been killed by police and whose deaths and whose murders have not been brought to justice. Since Taylor's death, Louisville has passed Brianna's law, which bans no-knock warrants. Three officers involved in her death have been fired, and her family settled a $12 million lawsuit with the city. On top of that, the FBI launched an investigation into her death, and a judge in Kentucky dismissed the charges against Kenneth Walker, Taylor's boyfriend at the time, who was accused of shooting one shot and an officer during the raid on Taylor's apartment. These are all great. They're steps in the right direction, but none of this will bring Taylor back. And these miscarriages of justice where police officers with their guns and militarized weaponry are playing judge and jury, denying Black Americans repeatedly a chance at due process. Things will change only when officers are held accountable for their actions. Firing them is one thing. Pressing charges for murder is something entirely. And it is what Tamika Palmer, Taylor's mother, wants to see happen. You are listening to The Hard Screen. I'm your host, Tamron Sproul. On the one-year anniversary of Taylor's death, we are replaying an episode that originally aired on July 31st, 2020, about the grief left behind for families when their loved ones are killed by police and how that grief is compounded when their deaths happen in vain and justice is not served. struggle has been to not to no longer to be visible in a society that prefers that you're invisible even with india the virginia beach police city of virginia beach police with my daughter no apology no acknowledgement my grandson roman who was in the car because he couldn't his little ears couldn't withstand the percussive he's permanently disabled and deaf and one he cannot hear he can function and my youngest india's older son Evan is on the autism spectrum. That was Gina Best. Her daughter, India Kager, was killed on September 5th, 2015 in Virginia Beach at age 27. India was killed while holding her baby Roman in a 7-Eleven parking lot. Officers fired 50 rounds into her car, killing India and her companion, Angelo Perry, within seconds and disabling their four-month-old son. Police had no arrest warrants for anyone involved. Police left India's body on the ground overnight. You are listening to The Hard Screen. I'm your host, Tamron Sproul. More from Gina Best. So we're left to fight with everything, resources. We don't get money from any legal suits because they never even allow us to even pursue them criminally. And these are criminal acts. 
these are criminal acts where they murder our daughters. And because of qualified immunity and everything, you know, the protections that they have, our daughters had no protection. We then have nothing. And we walk around. They sent me a bill to dispose of the car that they murdered my daughter in. That's how they really see us, where they just want us wiped away. One is not even acknowledged where it's important to say her name and why we need say her name in partnership of those who can continue to really amplify their voices, be that we're doing everything we can. We're functioning and living every day with amputated hearts where our psyches have been shattered. We have to write our daughter's obituaries, pick out their caskets. And now also, Gratefully, we have their grandchildren and our, our sons and our daughters, our grandchildren want to know about their mothers. We even struggle with talking about The African-American Policy Forum on Thursday, July 30th, 2020, hosted a virtual event featuring Kimberly Crenshaw, founder of the Say Her Name movement. Also in attendance, Bethany Donovan, head of WNBA Basketball Operations, and musician and actor Janelle Monet. But no speakers were more important to this conversation than the mothers of daughters who were killed by police. We'll hear more from Gina Best, the mother of India Kager, who was killed by Virginia Beach Police in 2015. But first, a word from Bethany Donovan of the WNBA about how the partnership with Say Her Name came about. Hi, everybody. Thank you for, for having us today. Um, <clears throat> um, it really is an honor to, to be part of this conversation and um, to shed light on um, the partnership that, that the WNBA has with um, the Say Her Name campaign and, and the African American Policy Forum. Um, you know, I think w- one thing to just set the, the stage for how we approach this season is, you know, we, we, when we thought about how to um, operationally execute um, a season in the midst of um, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, we also had to stop and say, we're, we're battling two global crises right now. Um, and, and the other is systemic racism. And how can we, um, you know, conduct a season in a way that is, that, that, that honors that and 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 affects change um, in in our society and, and elevates the platform that the players have and their strong voices and and you know WNBA players have been at the forefront of social justice issues um, more than any other players in any other league. One player who has been very vocal about say her name and has been speaking out against racial injustice is Sydney Colson of the Chicago Sky. Sydney joined the call and spoke about what it was like getting involved with Say Her Name and how very much she and the other players learned. All right. So, yeah, I mean, this has been a real honor for all of us um, having this WNBA and WNBPA, our Players Association, um, you know, work to have this partnership happen um, for so many of us in the league and and for those of us on the social justice council it was imperative that we have a piece of our season and it ended up being you know the the whole season be dedicated to um what we represent what we care about about social justice about racial injustice um so being able to be here being able to have prior conversations with professor crenshaw and um Michelle Obama, 
uh, Valerie Jarrett. Like we, we've had the opportunity to um, Honorable Stacey Abrams, Miss Palmer, Breonna Taylor's mom. So we've had an opportunity to hear from and be educated by so many people that I think that we didn't really, we couldn't have foreseen the, the kind of education that we would be receiving and who it would be from. And it's made us all just so excited to be in the bubble, to be able to have our message be amplified by other outlets for people to be paying attention to the WNBA, to this 80% African-American female league where um, they see what's important to us. And it, and it isn't far reaching for one of us to be Breonna Taylor, you know, and I think that's the frightening thing. And the thing that made this season so much bigger than just basketball, I think a lot has been put into perspective for a lot of players and a lot of people in the world that every day is not guaranteed that racial injustice is still a huge issue. We are not in a post-racial society. And so this partnership is just, um, it's one that, that we couldn't have, we couldn't have foreseen the, the impact of it, but we're so glad that it has taken place. Education is central to the African-American Policy Forum, or AAPF. It was co-founded by Kimberly Crenshaw, who also serves as executive director. Crenshaw is a professor of law at UCLA and Columbia Law School and is a leading authority in the area of civil rights, black feminist legal theory, and race, racism, and the law, according to the AAPF website. Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw. I wanted to just say something about, uh, say her name, the conditions of its possibility, um, and what it has been trying to do uh, since 2014. And in this moment, I want to lift up another of our mothers um, who you will uh, hear from uh, soon, Fran Garrett. She is the mother of Michelle Cousseau. Michelle Cousseau was killed by the police approximately five days after Michael Brown was killed. Uh, but unlike Michael Brown, very few people knew the name of Michelle Cousseau. Michelle was killed in uh, Phoenix, uh, and um, the, the circumstances of her uh, loss of life uh, were very typical of many other Black women uh, who've been killed by the police. The police were supposed to be there uh, to provide help uh, on a mental health call, and instead, um, the police escalated the situation, uh, broke into Michelle's house and within seconds of the encounter shot her through the heart. Fran decided that someone was going to know the name of her daughter. Fran decided that this name would not go unnamed, that Michelle's lost life would be something that everyone would know about. And so she chose to take um, Michelle's coffin to the Phoenix City Hall. And in that choice, um, she seeded the birth of Say Her Name, because we saw um, her action of taking her daughter's coffin to City Hall. We noted that her name hadn't been mentioned. We felt uh, the, the imperative that as we marched on behalf of Eric Garner and Tamir Rice and, and Michael Brown, that we also had to march on behalf of Michelle Cousseau and then so many other women who lost their lives both before and after. So say her name quite literally came from us being at the marches and going into those marches with a band 
manner of black women who had also suffered the ultimate penalty of black women who also understood um, what it was like to lose uh, a daughter or a sister or a mother to the same kind of anti-black police violence that had galvanized so many other people. So in our march with our banner, we were literally saying, say her name, say her name. And our response to that gave us everything we needed to know about what we were up against. Some people had no idea uh, that black women were killed by the police. They were shocked. They were surprised. They were disturbed, but they were supportive. And a few were deeply disturbed that we would bring women's names into the march. They were deeply troubled by the fact that an issue that had so long been framed as only being about men was being disrupted by the sad reality that it's not just about men. It's not just about boys. It's about women. It's about girls. It's about gender nonconforming people. It's about trans women as well. So our objective in Say Her Name is to reach the low-hanging fruit. First of all, to acknowledge that not only do Black men lose their lives to police violence, but also Black women. It's not just George Floyd. It's Breonna Taylor. It's not just Eric Brown. It's Michelle Cousseau. And being able to hold their names allows us to learn more about the stories. Because every movement has to have a story. There has to be narratives about what the problem is. But if the movement doesn't hold your story, if it can't tell your narrative, then it can't demand justice on your behalf. It cannot provide support to the families who are grieving. It can't create the kind of demands that are necessary to make sure that there will be no other Brianna Taylors. So say her name simply says, recognize that black women are also victims of anti-police, anti-black police violence. Recognize that their families don't grieve any less for them. Their children don't miss them anymore. Their lost lives is no less of an injustice for them than it is to their brothers, fathers, and sons. So we're really grateful for this opportunity to take this five-year journey into this new moment and to partner with athletes and notable people who are able to carry this message forward and in doing so bring us closer to the day where the families that are grieving lost women will also be able to see justice. You are listening to The Hard Screen, special Say Her Name edition. Next, more from Gina Best, whose daughter, India Kager, was killed in 2015 by Virginia Beach Police. Because say her name is more than just a hashtag. It's more than that. And the reason why, as you started, said this, it's been around since 2014, but the majority of the people who've joined us on the Zoom meeting don't know India's name. And yet India was a Navy vet, not that she needs those quantifiers for her life, but she was in the car with her own baby that's my son and my daughter, my youngest daughter and my son. And she had been in Virginia Beach for less than three hours. And it was a SWAT team of 16 plus, highly trained. So training's not the issue here. Highly trained Virginia Beach police SWAT on a very organized operation with the highest level of specificity. 
but no level whatsoever of the humanity it takes to recognize there is an innocent woman in the car with her baby. And what, say her name, the organization that you founded, and even the hashtag is the fight is to continually be heard to continually even be acknowledged. And, you know, before we got on the call, I was thinking about WNBA and this wonderful opportunity for an alliance, um, partnership. And as women, that's what starts WNBA stands for women, but say her name is women need to be WNBA acknowledged. Because we're not, we are ignored in a a community. We're ignored in society. We're on a lower strata and it's intentional because of the constant fight of misogyny, the constant fight of patriarchy, the constant fight, even just to be acknowledged where we have a rightful life to live. My daughter was in her car and she was innocent. I wanna focus on my daughter and all black women We don't have a voice. We didn't have a voice. Everybody recognized Mike Brown's name. Nobody knew about Michelle Crusoe. Everybody recognizes, even now, you know, the names of George Floyd. No one knows, very few people knew about about Kayla Moore and even India Kager, and she served the country. And yet she's ignored and erased, and there was a baby in the car. It's not enough for them. They still shot her. They still murdered her. And I said, I wasn't going to cry. I'm going to try to really keep it together. But it's hard to even contain the emotion because it's a perpetual murder when we're fighting for our children, our beautiful daughters who were killed by police. We have to deal with destructive narratives by the police, the lies, the vilification. Then we deal with the erasure. But then we deal with the point that most people aren't educated. They don't know that there are more women killed than just Breonna Taylor. And I don't want to say just as if she means nothing because she's one of our queens, but there are hundreds and we fight daily and we live with that, that pressure that even in our own communities, we're forgotten. Gina Best and all mothers of daughters killed by police share a special bond as explained in this montage of interviews from the AAPF. What do you all say to the next mother mm-hmm. who finds herself entering this sisterhood of sorrow? Dear sister, I want you to know, I see you. I hate that we have to uh, meet under these circumstances. Now you're facing something You're dealing with something that you never could even begin to plan for or account for. And that is the murder of your beautiful daughter. It's important that the mothers know that when they're ready, there are people that will help, that will support them. Um, Because it's what they're going through is incredibly lonely. We count it all. And still trying to be strong for everybody else. They don't want to hear about black women being killed by police at all. We are the organization here that support each other. We are supporting each other and we extend our arms or extend the olive branch to you and to let you know that we are here for you and your family and your time and need. Because this is just deep. It's life altering, shattering. 
you don't know which way to turn. Family members don't understand because they've never been through it. Understand this, that you feel though you're by yourself and you're going to feel that way many, many times. That feeling is never going to go away. But what will never go away also is the love you have for your daughter. The same way that each one of us have experienced the murder of our daughter. We keep fighting because of that. You birthed that baby. You birthed your daughter. And you'll birth her continued legacy as well. You've been listening to The Hard Screen, a special Say Her Name edition. Next week, part two of the special Say Her Name edition of The Hard Screen, featuring musician and actor Janelle Monet, who issues a very important call to action. We'll end this episode with a reading of the names. Eleanor Bumpers, 1984, age 66, Bronx, New York. Sonia Taylor, 1993, 27, Los Angeles, California. Frankie Ann Perkins, 1997, age 37, Chicago, Illinois. Danette Daniels, 1997, age 31, Newark, New Jersey. Taisha Miller, 1998, age 19, Riverside, California. Margaret Mitchell, 1999, Age 55, Los Angeles, California. LaTanya Haggerty, 1999, age 26, Chicago, Illinois. Nisa Morris, 2002, age 47, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Kendra James, 2003, age 21, Portland, Oregon. Age 60, Alberta, Sperling, New York, 2003, age 57, New York, New York, 7, Catherine Johnson, 2006, age 92, Atlanta, Georgia, age 37, Tariqa Wilson, 2008, age 26, Lima, Ohio, Duana Johnson, Age 43, 2008, Memphis, Tennessee, 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 Tennessee Riverside, Priscilla Slater, age 38, 2008, Michigan, Los Angeles, Brianna Taylor, age 26, 2020, Fort Texas, Chicago, Crystal Daniel, Raglan, 
Betty Jones, 